It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT, and uh, hi to all my uh, Raider fans out there. And go Raiders. And now... Here's JT the Brick. And filling in for JT today, here's Harry Ruiz. Thanks for tuning in, Raider Nation, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hour number two of the JT the Brick Show on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Enjoy these days, Las Vegas, because I saw the weather report, and by Saturday next week, we're going to be not only in triple digits, but we're going to be hitting 109. So it's going to be not hot. Very, very hot. We used to wait until mid-July for those super hot days to hit us. Now it's gonna they're gonna be hitting us starting next week. So enjoy, enjoy this triple digits, low triple digit weather out here in Las Vegas. And fortunately, football season is right around the corner. We're 20 minutes away from being exactly 100 days away from the season opener for the Raiders at SoFi Stadium by visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost went with San Diego. It still doesn't hit me. It's like there will always be the San Diego Chargers for me. That's where I saw them play the first. So Chargers, Raiders, September 11th, 100 days away, Raider Nation. Let's do this. Football season, it's right around the corner. And we got to talk football with my man, Joe Arrigo, who's the co-founder and VP of Franchise Sports Media. I enjoy their local coverage for high school and college athletics, and they do a great job as well with pro sports, including, of course, the Raiders. Joe, I remember moving into town, and the, one of the first guys I followed on Twitter, it was you, because you were always on it with the Raiders. How you doing, man? Man, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you for having me out with you, man. It's always good to see and hear my boy, you know, doing his thing, man. I'm so proud of you, brother. Of course, you were one of the first guys I thought when I was talking coverage about the Raiders out here on the JT The Brick Show. Who can I call? My man, Joe Arrigo. Follow him on social media, Twitter, Instagram. You'll always see him there posting about Vegas sports. So now it's been two years of the Raiders in Sin City. Obviously, we weren't expecting to have a pandemic in the middle of that. But how have you seen the evolution of the team and the fan base here in Las Vegas? That's a great question. I've never been asked that. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. One of the things that I thought the Raiders had a very, it, it was, was going to be tough for them to do was after the initial success of the Golden Knights, there wouldn't be a honeymoon period for them to, to have, you know, a year where, where they weren't playing competitive football. And coming from Oakland in those lean years, as you know, as well as all the Raider Nation knows, it was tough the last few years in Oakland. So I felt, I, you know, I was kind of nervous about that. But when it's all said and done, I mean, they go to the playoffs, they're, they finished above 500. Or 500. I mean, it, it was the what you in, in in a pandemic year. What you've seen every Sunday at Allegiant Stadium when they play at home, you see a crowd in the fan base that is nothing short of spectacular and, and energetic, and they're there. They're, they're they're engaged. It's nothing like you would the perception that most people have about Raider Nation, where they think that there's it's a bunch of fights and, and you know this this the negative connotation that comes with being you know in that fan base it's been the exact opposite. I mean, I was at the Philly game last year um, 
and you know Philly fans are rowdy, and there wasn't one. And I was sit, and I wasn't in the press box. I went as a fan, and I was sitting in the 200 level um, in the family so the the player family section, and it was cool. I mean, there was you know a bunch, bunch of uh, trash talking going back and forth, but it was respectful. People high fiving each other when it's all said and done after the game. It was real cool. So. I think that it's exceeded expectations, and I think it's only going to get better going forward. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, new regime for the Raiders after all the drama that happened last year, that despite the drama, the team still made it to the playoffs. What do you expect from this new combo of head coach and GM in the silver and black? You know, it, it, I think it runs a little deeper than them, Harry. I think it also goes to, to Derek Hart. Um, and I've been a, a person that's defended him. Um, but I think there's no more excuses for him going forward. You have the best receiver in the game on the roster now. You're his best friend. You have weapons offensively across the board. The defense is much improved. Um, and now you have a, a head coach that understands the modern version of football, so to speak, and a guy that's great in the red zone and a GM that really went out there and, and if, on paper hit a home run in the offseason. I think you have to think playoffs are more, you know, if you're, if you're a Raider fan, because you're going to be an underdog all year. I mean, everybody's going to talk about Kansas City and Denver being, and, and, and the Chargers being three teams in your own division, the three teams ahead of you in your division. They disrespect Derek Carbis, and he's the fourth best quarterback in the division. They, they look at the rosters, you know, they talk about the Chargers roster. Well, okay, the Chargers roster, yeah, defensively, but there are stats. But there's questions there, too. The the Chiefs lost, you know, the biggest weapon in the AFC, arguably, and definitely in the division. And then in the Broncos upgraded our quarterback. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, I think the Raiders, if you're a Raider fan, you have to think, you know, going to this season as the underdogs, wear that as a cape and a badge and go out there and prove everybody wrong. And you know what, man? Something that JT the Brick talks on his show all the time is a disrespect, and I embrace it. That's a chip on the shoulder for all the Raiders players to be like, all right, that's what you think our potential is? Let's go prove them wrong, and let's do big things here in Las Vegas. And, Joe, I don't. this is my perspective. I don't know you. I think they got a good team this year. They're still not the contender that, for example, the Bills are or that the Chiefs are, but they're building that foundation for next year when the Raiders, well, the Super Bowl is going to be hosted at the Raiders Stadium, at Allegiant Stadium, they can it can be a building block for next year to potentially be considered one of those contenders, right? You know, I, I think so, but I, I think why not this year? I mean, yeah, they're not Buffalo. I mean, I, mean, I think Kansas City is taking a step back, if I'm being honest. I mean, you lose Tyreek Ty Hill. Um, you know, that, that they weren't the same Chiefs team. They blew leads in the fourth quarter. Uh, big leads, like what they did against Cincinnati in the second half. Um, you know, I think the AFC, I think the Bills are going to be the clear-cut favorites. And after that, I think it's kind of wide open. So I, I think, that, I mean, a Super Bowl contender this year, I would never say never. But I do think you're right where they're looking more towards next year where, where we, when we host the Super Bowl here in Vegas. And we can, we can, you know, really show them how it's done like we did with the draft as far as the city. And it would be cool to have the Raiders playing in the Super Bowl. I think the city would be on fire um, I think the fan base would be on fire. I think it'd be a, a great two weeks of coverage. Um, I would really look, I would so look forward to that if that, if that was happening. One thing that you said about Derek Carr is no excuses. And you look around him and you see the weapons 
that he has. Just adding Devontae Adams, an all-pro NFL player in the wide receiver position, one of the best in the league. I I keep saying one of the best, but in reality, he is the best wide receiver in the league. And then you add Hunter Renfro in year four in the league. Darren Waller, one more year under the system here in Las Vegas under the Raiders. This is the best squad that has been built around Derek Carr, right? 100%. And I think what what I like, and, and mind you, as a Packer fan, I was hurt that Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders. But from a business side, from where I'm at, you know, as you covering the Raiders, I think it's great. And I think the one thing Devontae Adams is going to do with Derek Carr, maybe with the whole organization, he's the one guy that's been there, done that, went and, and played in multiple NFC championship games. He's played with the quarterback that's top two in the league and maybe not even number two in the league in Aaron Rodgers. And seeing the type of work ethic and dedication, and and just what it takes to be to be that successful, that dri- that drive that he has, I think he's going to demand that out of everybody, including Derek Carr. I think he's not going to accept, oh well, I got to do better. No, enough with saying you got to do better. Just do better now, because we're out here trying to win ball games. And I think, and that's one of the things I think he's going to demand because he demands that from himself, and he set the expectation and the bar so high. He's going to bring have everybody step up to that. I think Josh McDaniels is going to do that too. So I think Derek Carr is in a really good situation. I mean, he's paid. He's comfortable now. He doesn't have to worry, answer questions about whether or not he's going to be with the team after this year or going forward. He's got his best friend, the best receiver in the league, and been the best receiver in the league the last five years. You have, like you said, a bunch of offensive weapons, and we'll see how the offensive line plays out, but I think they're going to be much improved. I think that he's in for he's he's in line to have a huge year. He being Derek Carr. So I wasn't going to bring it up, but you did. You mentioned you're a Green Bay guy. No problem with that. You, but I want to ask you because you followed Devontae closely for those eight years that he was with the Packers. So my question is: Is Devonte is that trade for Devonte Adams going to help the Raiders more or hurt the Packers more? You know, I think I think it's going to be. In the way, 50-50, and it sounds, you know, and I say that because what he, what Devontae Adams brings to the Raiders is something they haven't had since Tim Brown, like, at all. Even when they traded for Randy Moss, he was, wasn't the same player he was with Minnesota. Um, the, the numbers, you know, didn't, you know, obviously didn't dictate that. Maybe coverage dictated it, but as far as on the field um, and off the field, Devontae Adams is, is a different guy. Um, my favorite Packers since Sterling Sharp. I mean, that's how far back I go as a Packer fan. Um, and Sterling's my favorite player ever in football. So um, that's also highly I think of him. With, from the Green Bay side, you know, they use those two. They're building around that defense. And, you know, they feel like, you know, it, they have a young guy. I'll be the first to say, I think this is Aaron Rodgers last year. I think this, he's talking about retirement openly right now. I think this is going to be it for him. And it gives Jordan Love a year or two. They have young receivers to grow with now. So I think, you know, right now immediately it helps the Raiders more. But I think down the road in maybe three, four, five years from now, it may help the Packers more. So right, so in between, we'll call it 50-50. 50-50. That's the kind of answer I was thinking of. And you said Devontae is your favorite Packer in, in a long time. I got to say, selfishly, my favorite is Aaron Jones. I call this football games. I know him personally. He's a great guy, so I'm rooting for Showtime out there in Green Bay. You think he's going to do good? Oh, man, he's, he's phenomenal. I'm, I'm glad he got his bag. He got his, he got his money. Um, I love the fact that he was a sombrero uh, on the sidelines and um, 
you know, he just, you know, his story, you know, as well as anybody, he's a great, what he's being a, a military kid. And then with his father passing away, you know, unexpectedly last year and um, everything that he's gone through and had to overcome. I, I think he's, it's a phenomenal story, Harry. And um, he's one of the NFL's best. He's, you know, he's getting compensated like it. And if he can, you know, not get dinged up as much. I mean, this is a guy that could eventually potentially lead a league in rushing. So I'll tell you a quick story about Aaron. I know it's Raider Nation Radio, but we're talking like our friends that we are. I was in the elevator with Aaron Jones' father, rest in peace, Mr. Alvin Sr., before his first college game. And we were on the road. We were in the elevator, and he looks up at me, and I introduce myself. And he's like, hey, man, be careful with 29. He's going to make it to the NFL someday. And I'm, in the back of my mind, I, I tell him, I was like, hey, man, hopefully he's a local kid from El Paso. Hopefully he makes it to the league. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, every parent thinks that his kid is going to make it to the NFL. Then he goes and he kills the UNM Lobos, and he does an amazing job and goes from kid that was third string to the starting uh, running back. And by the end of his career in UTEP, he was a leader in every category rushing wise for the minors. And he made the decision to go into the draft three years into his college career. He could have stayed another year and he gets picked in the fifth round. And now he's a stud with the Packers. Me, I wanted him to get picked by the Raiders some way, somehow. It didn't happen. I'm happy he's having success out there in Green Bay. Uh, Switching gears, coming back to the Raiders. It's June 3rd. Now there's more cap space for the Raiders. 19.75 million were opened up because of the post-June first cuts of Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib. If I put that GM hat on you, Joe Arrigo, what are the moves that you make? Take care of the in-house guys or bring in reinforcements bring in reinforcements from free agency? Well, you gotta take care of home first. You know, Renfro and and Waller have to get paid. Um you got you gotta make sure they're um, the next thing I would do, and I, a few years ago it almost happened, and it's, I think this is the time you could do it again because I believe you build a team inside out. You go get in Dominican Sue, let that guy rock for you, and you really add something to that defense. Um, if you can take care of Waller, take care of Ramfro, and let's say add in Dominican Sue on a one-year deal, uh, a lot like he was you know, playing with down in Tampa, I think now you have, now as Q would say you're cooking with some fish grease, and um, I think that would that, that those those would be some moves I would love to see happen. I, I read Tesharn's article in the Athletic about uh, potentially Odell Beckham as, as a name. You know, I, I don't know about that. I, there's only so many balls that can go around when you have that many weapons. Um, and I know he's coming off the ACL, but you know that's something he'll come back later in the year. But you know, maybe maybe a Julio Jones. You get him on the outside, another guy on the outside um, that that can take some pressure off of Waller and free up Adams a little bit and Renfro. So I think that, that could be a name to keep an eye on. I know his cousin TQ would love to have him uh, in silver and black. So uh, if, if I had to take two guys off the street, I would say Sue and Julio Jones, and then uh, but I'll take care of the two guys in house with Waller and Renfro. And in-house, we already got an offensive line. What do you think about it as it's configured at the moment? You know, I, I like it. I think, you know, you, you got a good – you got a, a lot of young guys, and I think they can grow together. And the kid they picked in the third round with their first pick this year um, out of Memphis, his name's just my mind. I apologize. Dylan Barham. Um, it's all good. I got you, brother. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, I think he comes in and starts day one. I, I think he's the day one guy at, at, inside and – He's a guy that can that you know his tape is guys got really good tape. 
kind of surprised he lasted that long. And you look at the track record of, of you know, the Patriots, they're, they don't, people really don't talk about how good or bad their offensive line is. You know, you really don't say too much, which I think is a compliment. If you, people don't talk about your offensive line, you're doing something right. So uh, Ziegler does a good job of, of knowing what he wants. And, you know, and the offense is catered to get the ball out quickly. So you're going to see that. So it's going to, you know, that's going to help the offensive lineman out as well. It's improved. We'll see what happens when, you know, when the bullets start flying for real. And I really, I'm really digging, you know, this whole off season, Harry, to be honest with you, bro, like this has been a good off season for them. Like I hate saying teams win off seasons. Cause every time you said they won an off season, they won off season a few years ago with Trent Brown and, and that group, those group of guys. And you've seen where, you know, how it happened, you know, it, it went, it, it went to hell. When you look at the offseason this year, there's the Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams deals are are massive. Don't get me wrong. But Rocky Asin is a guy that can play. He graded out extremely well last year. Um, and they can keep Mullen healthy. You know, across the board, the defense is much improved. And there's been low-key signings. There's been guys that fit what they want to do. I hate to say the Patriot way, but in a lot of ways it is. And it's just bringing in guys putting square pegs and square holes and round pegs and round holes and letting them get at it and go after it. And I really like the, I like everything that they've done thus far. You know, even, you know, I didn't say trading for Devontae Adams, which personally I didn't really, no, I'll tell you the story sometime off air about that, how I got the news. Um, but that in itself was hilarious, but you know, everything they've done this off season, I think has been, has been great. And, you know, I'm, I, I may be one of the few people that pick them to win a division, you know, this year. I actually think that highly of them and, and what they have going on. Absolutely. And there's something, a saying in Spanish that goes, hombres, no nombres, men, not names. And that's what pretty much is happening on the defensive side of the ball, except for Chandler Jones and another Patrick Graham, PG. A lot of folks think that he's not going to be here for long because he might get a coaching job soon as a head coach. PG, you think he's going to take this defense to the next level? Absolutely. I mean, you look at what he did in Miami and then what he did with the Giants. And then, now, you know, and the Giants didn't want him to go. They tried to keep him. And, you know, he had, a, he had the opportunity to come here. And this, this gave him a chance to potentially in a year, maybe two, become a head coach somewhere. And, and he's earned that right. You know, what he's done on the field and the way players respond to him and his leadership qualities and how communicative he is, um, those are things that go a long way. And I really think that, you know, that, that may be the biggest signing in the offseason, to be honest with you. And you look at who he's brought in, the, the staff that they brought in, they're, they're not bringing in guys that are just buddies. You know, I know there's a lot of said, oh, he coached them in New England, or they went to John Carroll together. Or he, no, these are, these are quality coaches that, that, for the most part, have proven track records. And these are guys that, that get the most out of their players, and they're going to get the most out of these guys. And, and, and I hate to say this, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody that was with the organization uh, from a coaching staff or, or a front office standpoint uh, in the past, but they got adults in the building now. they got consistency in the building now. And that's something that all players want, consistency and transparency. And a, guy, a couple of guys on the team that I know personally, they, they have been raving this offseason about just – coming in, knowing what, knowing the task at hand and being able to complete it and not feeling like they're on pins and needles. And I, and you got to credit the coaching staff and Dave Ziegler and, and his front office for making that feeling, um, you know, really abundantly clear to the players. I got to ask you one last sports wise question. 
UNLV, I see you talking about all the moves they've been doing also from kids signing in as recruits and also JUCO signings and getting pieces from a little bit of everywhere. What can we expect from the Rebels? Because I was watching their season last year and it went from tough to watch to entertaining to watch and then finally getting some wins. You know, this is a great, this, this is, I, I want to say this is Coach Royal's second season as a coach here. Because that, that COVID year, I'm, I don't think for any coach is fair to judge him off of that because there are so many moving parts. But what that allowed him to do was see uh, who's bought in and, and kind of seeing how guys are in live action. It's almost like a spring game every week and you guys have to do some evaluation. I think that's how we look at it. With, coming into this season, you have three quarterbacks that have started at least two games minimum at the Division One level, two in Power Five or one in Power Five conference with, with Harrison Bailey, who transferred in from uh, Tennessee. I think the quarterback position is a three three horse race. Um, I kind of have I have my opinion about who's going to be the starter early on. I think we're going to see a dual quarterback uh, the first week, and unless somebody separates themselves completely when fall camp starts in a week. Um, the running situation, bringing in Aiden Robbins from Louisville, he's a six foot three, two hundred thirty five pound running back that standing next to him is built like Steven Jackson um, while he was playing with the St. Louis Rams. Um, the receiving core is the deepest and the best it's been. You you have uh, Kyle Williams returning. He was he was uh, a phenomenal had a phenomenal freshman year. Um, I believe he was the conference freshman of the year in 2020. Then uh, obviously Cam Friel won the last year the quarterback for UNLV. But then you bring in Ricky White the third, who coming from Michigan State. I mean he torched Michigan in the COVID year for. I believe it was nine catches for over 100 or seven catches for 190 yards and three touchdowns. And you and then you bring in Seneca McKee. Um, and that, 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 that room is just loaded. Nick Williams is coming in from, from uh, CSU Pueblo. Um, they, you know, the offensive line wise, they're better. And I think having a full off season of working with TJ Woods, the offensive line coach is going to, is going to play real well for them. Defensively, you know, bringing in Keith Hayward, I think was a huge move losing, losing, um, Peter Hansen to the Broncos, I think it's a blessing in disguise, and I don't mean any disrespect to Pete, but but Keith is younger, he's energetic, the way he communicates with, with the players is is very clear from day one of spring ball this year. The I know the DBs, I'm real close with a bunch of them. They love him. They absolutely love what he's doing. Um, Damon Magazoo, the safety coach, is a rising star. He'll be a coordinator in, in near future and a head coach probably in the next five to five to seven years. Um, and then, you know, you have your linebacker coaches, uh, you know, Kenwick, um, uh, Bruno, and, and you have Larry Grant from former 49er uh, working with linebackers, and then Boje coming in as a D-line coach. He's bringing in some big boys. So Coach Royal had a plan with the transfer portal. He, he and I talked about it during spring uh, privately. Um, I put in the article that came out a couple of days ago, which basically he was saying, you know what, like there's three signing periods. You know, you know there's one in December, one in February, and there's one in between spring and, and the start of fall camp. And you got to go and you got to make sure you have scholarships in your back pocket to go get the guys that you want. And there's a couple big name guys that, that UNLV was in on to the very end. They were like one of the final two schools. And that's just a testament to what you know kids believe and, and how they think of Coach Arroyo and his vision and what they're doing here. It, it shows how the Fertitta Complex and the Legion Stadium is playing to recruits. And it, and it shows that this program, I mean, look, I, I don't like giving out a win total, Harry, at all. Um, and, you know, if I have to closer to the season, then I will. But I'm going to say this. The Mountain West is down. You know, Hawaii and UNR 
are they had a mass exit of players. You know, San Jose State lost their quarterback. They're, they're not as they, as they were a couple of years ago when they won the, 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 the conference. Wyoming, is, you know, they lost their best defensive player. New Mexico, still New Mexico. Air Force, you can, you can beat the double winger good. San Diego State's got, got some problems at quarterback. Uh, they picked up a huge running back addition with Keenan Christian from USC the other day. But Fresno State is the – and Boise State's not Boise State anymore. They're, they're not the same type of team. Fresno State's the only team that's clear, that's a clear-cut favorite because they return most of their starters on the offensive side of the ball. UNLV could surprise a lot of people this year, and, and I, I would dare to say if, if they remain healthy, especially at the quarterback position, they could be a bowl team this year and maybe go, you know, maybe even surprise a little bit. Ooh-wee. I hope so, man. And, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not putting out, I'm, I'm not wearing a Homer. I'm not putting on my Homer hat right now. Just, I'm just looking across the board and looking at the conference. It, it's not, it's not a, it's not what it was. I mean, Boise state is not that, that team that people go up there to fear to play in the blue turf, you know, Wyoming, if you, if you go up to Wyoming and play, it's going to be difficult, but, I mean, offensively, they're they're not they're not just nobody that scares you. New Mexico, you know, they're in a constant rebuild. You know, Hawaii games and Hawaii and UNR, they they have so many you know coaching issues. Coaches leave, take players with them. You know, San Jose State, if they if they lost their their best offensive weapon in their tight end, they lost they lost receivers defensively. They lost some guys. UNLV didn't other than Chuck, they really didn't lose and Jacoby transferring out. But the transfers that transferred out, they all went to lower places except for Jacoby Winman, who ended up going to Michigan State. They brought in guys from Utah. They brought in guys from Florida State and Tennessee and Michigan State. And these are big-time guys. These aren't guys that are just going to, you know, one in, you know, oh, they're, they just played there. Aiden Robbins couldn't get on the field because guys were ahead of him. And this is a guy that already graduated in two and a half years and has got really three years of eligibility left. I mean, it's a guy that could really do some damage, you know, at the running back position. So I'm really excited about this. I haven't been this excited about UNLV football since probably the second year, the year that Lexington Thomas uh, was was about to eclipse the the was on pace to eclipse the rushing record, which he didn't do. And obviously, Chuck did. So this, this is going to be a fun year. If you want to know UNLV football, if you want to know Vegas sports, Joe Rigo is the man to follow. Joe, where can people find you on social media? And, of course, Franchise Sports Media, you're the co-founder and VP. Where can people find him? Well, okay, uh, on social media, you can go to any social media platform. Uh, if you go to IG, excuse me, Twitter, it's Joe Arrigo FSM or at the franchise LV. And then uh, if you go to Facebook, a lot of our stuff goes up there. We can interact a little bit more there as well. Um, that's the real Joe Arrigo. And Harry, man, I'm so happy for you, brother. Like words cannot express um, listening to you and how it makes me feel coming out. It, it makes me feel like, you know, we're doing it. And um, man, I, I'm so happy for you. Um, that when I, you know, I'm out of town for the weekend, but when I get back, man, we got to get together, um, ha- have a couple pops, and, and celebrate. Absolutely. Joe, I can't thank you enough for coming on today here on the JT The Brick Show. Joe Arrigo, follow him. Follow Franchise Sports Media. They do a great job covering local sports in Vegas. High school, college, pros, they got you covered online. Thank you, Joe. Gracias, hermano. All right, brother. Talk to you later. 
Thank you so much to Joe Arrigo. It's time to go to a commercial break. Coming back, we're going to hear from Raiders players and the media availability that Nate Hobbs and Hunter Renfro had after day number five of OTAs and the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I'm Harry Ruiz. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show here on Raider Nation Radio. You want to call in? 702-365-9200, and we'll take your calls. It is fourth and eight. Fourth and eight from the Raiders' 25. Bridgewater takes it back. Fires downfield. Covered ball over there on that side in a wrestling match for it. And it's Raiders Raiders football. football. Raiders take it away. How about Hobbs? What a job back there. He came out of that pylon with the football. There you go, Nate Hobbs getting a turnover. 16 games last season, nine of them as a starter. He had one interception, one forced fumble, three passes defended. He had a great season, plus one sack as well, three tackles for loss and four quarterback hits. The best part for him was playing in that slot corner position. He did a great job. As a fifth-rounder out of Illinois, nobody expected him to take over a spot in the starting defense, and he definitely left his mark. PFF ended up ranking him as the highest-graded rookie corner in the 2021 class of the NFL draft. A great season for Nate Hobbs. He wants to keep building on that, and Raider Nation hopes he does, because if he does, it definitely will keep helping this defense. So, last year, he came in on the team, As a fifth-round draft pick, doesn't have a spot guaranteed on the team. He has to work for it all, and he does a great job. Now, this season, he's coming in as a guy that was a bonafide starter by the end of year one of his career. Now it's year two for him. Nate Hobbs, let's hear from from him talking about how it feels coming in with the new coaching staff, with the new regime in the Raiders. Um, it definitely, it definitely feels a little different. I got a little bit more experience, but I just feel like, honestly, for me, it's the same dynamic because we got new staff, new players, and um, obviously a new defense. So I'm just, I'm trying to prove myself again, as 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 we all are out there. So uh, I just try to take the same approach and hit it running and go hard every day. I love it that he feels that way. Nate Hops, cornerback for the Las Vegas Raiders. He still needs to prove himself. Same way as Chandler Jones. What did he say yesterday in this press conference that we aired here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on the JT The Brick Show? He knows he has 107 and a half sacks. He wants more, and he has to show it not only to his coaches, but to his teammates with what? With hard work. And Nate Hobbs, that's his mentality right now. He's going into his second season in the NFL. He had a great rookie year. And guess what? It doesn't get any easier in year number two because now Russell Wilson has been added to the division. Justin Herbert, it's going to be another season for him with the Chargers year three. We can expect him to be as good or better than he was in 2021. And Patrick Mahomes, he lost Tyreek Hill, but he's still a weapon. He's still dangerous. So it doesn't get any easier for Nate Hobbs and the Raiders defense. And that's why I love 
that he has this mentality that he needs to get better. He needs to keep proving what he's worth. And guess what? A couple of years in the future, he might end up getting that extension that essentially Raiders cornerbacks, how many extensions have we seen over the last decade since, I mean, Namdi Asamoa might be the last one that comes to my mind that earned an extension with this team and became a good player, not a good player, a great player with the Raiders. Unfortunately, he ended up flying then to the Eagles who paid him even more money with a huge contract. But with the Raiders, he did an amazing job. Nate Hobbs, he, he said, wherever the coaches want to play me, I'll be there. I'm a defensive back. So there was a mistake on the website, and they listed him as a safety. And he was asked about, do you want to play outside as well? He said, wherever the coaches want me, I'll be there. So he described himself, I'm a defensive back, and we'll see what Patrick Graham and his coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball decide to put him in so far a slot cornerback doing an amazing job and talking about that cornerback room that safety room the, all those guys that are defensive backs we don't see the experience that we had last year with guys coming in like Casey Hayward like Desmond Trufant that ended up bringing experience to the Raiders secondary we don't see it this year but we see competition right Nate Hobbs let's hear from Nate Hobbs I think honestly it's just as competitive. Like I got the I got the amazing opportunity to play with um last year with Casey Hayward, guys like Casey Hayward, Brandon Faceon, um a lot of a lot of good players. And I think same dynamic, we just brought in a lot of guys who could play. Like we don't got a true star in the in the D B room, but everybody to me, everybody could play. Like it's gonna be a battle at every position. So yeah, and who knows better than a guy that's in there, in that defensive back room. Right now, guys that we got circled right now, Anthony Averett, of course, Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Mullen Jr., Darius Phillips, and plus, you round it up with like, Rocky Asin, who the Raiders traded for. And you got guys like Sam Webb, like Stanford Samuels III, uh, Trayvon Mullen, who unfortunately is hurt, Cravon LeBlanc, Bryce Cosby, guys that want to participate want to challenge want to compete and want to make the team so far Nate Hobbs clear-cut favorite to be the best cornerback on this Raiders team and we'll have to see Patrick Graham he likes coaching players and taking them to the next level and being able to help his team win games throughout the defensive scheme last year with the Giants they had good moments, but unfortunately, the offense for New York wasn't able to move the ball, wasn't able to stay on the field. They had, if not the most, they were close to the most three and outs in all the league when it came to offense. So when your defense is on the field that much time, eventually they're going to break down. They're going to tire down. You're going to have them exhausted, and you need this team to be able to get opposing offenses off the field limit the damage and comparing it to Gus Bradley I think their ceiling wasn't high but you didn't have a very low bottom for their defense this year with Patrick Graham I think that their ceiling is high that the defense if they buy in to what Patrick Graham is selling them to what he wants to do with this Raiders defense this defense can definitely 
help the Raiders win games just like they did towards the end of the year in 2021 when the offense wasn't playing up to par, but the defense kept the team in the games and they were able to win the games. And guess what? We talk about the offensive weapons the Raiders have and how they're going to help them so much to be competitive, to win games in 2022. Nate Hobbs, he talks about how it helps his squad, his defense also, when they're on the practice field. Man, I think, I think that gives us, as a defense, like, as a defense, like, one of the best looks, like, prepares for almost anybody, if, if not, you know, anybody. So I really appreciate the guys on the other side. They give me better every day. Devontae, Hunter, Darren, Derek. Can you imagine competing every single day at practice against the best wide receiver in football, against the best slot wide receiver in football, against one of the best tight ends in the league, against a quarterback that's so competitive as Derek Carr is, and then you add the gravy with the running back room led by Josh Jacobs, continued by Kenyon Drake, and then you get all the rookies in there that want to get touches on the ball. You add that competitiveness at practice, and you have to be playing against the best every day at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Once you go on the field and play against other guys, you're like, hey, you know what? If I could hang against Devontae, I can hang against Jerry Judy. If I could hang against Darren Waller, I damn sure can play well against Travis Kelsey. So this Raiders squad, the pieces that they added aren't only going to help them on the field getting points but then at practice it helps the defensive side of things with guys like nate hobbs that he's hungry to do great things this year with the las vegas raiders he's on the right mindset and just seeing footage of him at practice at ota seeing footage of him just watch the video yesterday from raiders headquarters of him doing the post post practice post ota press conference Dude looks big, but the good kind of big. The size that you want to be able to stop the opposing tight ends, the opposing wide receivers. He's working hard. He wants to make noise this year. He did it last year unexpectedly, but guess what? You're going to have everybody looking at you this year because they're expecting big things from you, Nate Hobbs, and I got a feeling he will be doing great things. Raider Nation, we're going to come right back after this break to hear from one of your favorites, number 13 on the field, number one in your hearts, Hunter Renfro. If you want to call in, this is your last chance, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. third and goal. Jacobs is a running back. Motion is Renfro. Looking at Renfro. Fires to him. Touchdown! Jackpot, baby! 
Renfro went in motion, and Carr wanted him all the way. It was the only receiver Derek Carr even looked at. Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro, that connection, we loved it last year, and you heard the voice of the one and only Brent Musburger. If you haven't heard, he announced on social media the following on Twitter earlier today. Many thanks to the Raiders organization for fond memories. I'll miss broadcast partner Lincoln Kennedy and the radio production crew. What's next? I hear Mike Trout might step down as commissioner of his fantasy league. You never know. So pretty much announcing that he will no longer be doing the radio broadcast for the Raiders broadcast network. And we will see. We will wait. We haven't had an official announcement from the team, but that's what Brent posted on on social media before going with what hunter renfro said we got a call on the line mac from los angeles mac how you doing on this friday i'm doing good um i just i just had a question i had some questions and i wanted to find out now you said we're not a contender for the super bowl why is that i mean what is the charges and i understand kansas city but buffalo hasn't done nothing and why we can't be a contender like everybody else. I'm, I'm not understanding why Why would you say something like that? Talking about next year. We're talking about this year. We, nothing is promised. Yeah, exactly. We don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow, right? So in right. my opinion, you got a good squad, but you're still missing what? pieces. You're not like 100% and, set. I no other team is missing pieces? That's true. That's true. But in my oh. opinion, uh-huh. the general consensus around the league is that the other teams are favored. I'm like, hey, why not us? But right now, I'm like, look, first you got to get that winning mentality. We went, we got, went to the playoffs. How's the Chargers so, so, and the Broncos favored over us? Oh, no, believe me, I would never say the Broncos and the Chargers. That, if you've heard the show, I've said. No, I heard the show. I, no, no, no. I said the, the Bills and the Chiefs. Chiefs, while they have Mahomes, even if I don't like them, I got to respect the no, guy. He is taking him four AFC that. championship games in a row. The Bills, they were so close last year, and if it but weren't for they, for the they, OT rules, in the playoffs like us, no, and that's so what I mean. You make them a, a Super Bowl contender, and you don't make us one because I don't understand what do they have that we don't have? They, no, and they up by twenty, they, they gave up forty some points in, in, in two playoff games that they were in. I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying because of their quarterback. Is it because of Derek Carr? Is that why you not? putting us as a, a Super Bowl contender? No, here you go. Got you got to – the team has like 50-plus new players right now on the roster. The Raiders do. And right now, you got to prove me that the Carr-Adams connection is going to work on the field on game day week one. If that works and Renfro and Waller keep getting their touches and the running back position, believe me, Kenyon Drake, I feel the Raiders got so much that they can get out of him that unfortunately last year they weren't able to do. I don't know if because of the coaching staff or because of the injuries, but Kenyon Drake can also be a key piece. And Josh Jacobs, okay. he caught fire towards the end of the season. First, you got to prove me. I, I'll say this, eight and a half, I'd bet over if I were a betting man. I don't bet. But I definitely go over eight and a half. Am in a playoff spot. The Bills, what, can, before I get off this last, why do you think the Bills are such a? I mean, everybody was riding the coattail uh, of all these teams, the Bills and all these teams. What, what is? What do you see in the Bills that make you think they're a Super Bowl? They, they're a Super Bowl contender. What? What is it that I'm not? That I'm? I mean, I know they are, but what am I missing? They're the same as the Raiders, and 
I'll let you go on that. And I appreciate it. Hey, no time. problem, Mac. And I appreciate the call, brother. I see the Bills closer because they got that core group. They got the Josh Allen. This is a fun Diggs who just signed his contract. You got a great group of players. They got Von Miller in there. And they've already been close to it. The Raiders, I feel this year, is the year when they finally win a playoff game again after so many years without doing so. But to be a top-tier contender, I think this year is their prove-it year, and next year they're going to go into 2023 saying we're here and we're close. We promised Hunter Renfro. Let's go with Hunter Renfro, who spoke yesterday with the media. He's golfing with God, with Devontae Adams. Is that true? How close is he to beating you? And golf? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, we came – it, it was pretty good. I beat him by a pretty good margin the first time. I think we're on our fifth match. So the first four, three of the times I beat him pretty good. And then one time I, 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 he was up one and going into the last hole. And I think I birdied and he bogeyed. So uh, I don't know. It, it's been a lot of fun. Are you going to tell him no more golf this offseason? Like that's done? Yeah, yeah. I, I need to, yeah, I got the belt. I need to just shut it down right now. I love that. We get that connection between both wide receivers, Devontae Hunter. They're in OTAs, but they're also out on the golf course playing hard, and we got to do that. Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders, he has coached Julian Edelman, Wes Walker, guys that ended up being pro bowlers in previous teams because McDaniels played the slot guys well. Hunter, he's a slot guy. Are you excited to be under Coach McDaniels? Well, one, they're really good players, you know. I think, um, you know, with Wes and Julian Jacoby, it's been really a lot of fun to watch Jacoby um, the last two years for them. He's He's been explosive. He's been really good. Um, you know, I think Coach McDaniel is just very good at teaching uh, the details of it, um, and those guys did a good job. I mean, it's a lot of work, and he puts a lot on them, but um, – I think can be rewarding if you buy into what what he has to say. And, you know, they've had some good receivers in the past. And so, you know, some of it is just being where you need to be and being consistent. And all I've seen from this Raiders squad, they're buying into what Josh McDaniels is putting out on the field, in the meeting rooms. And Hunter Renfro, he's happy to have been a pro bowler last year, but he wants more. He's hungry. Hunter, is that true? It was cool. Yeah, it was cool kind of getting to play with a lot of players that I I grew up watching um, and I, I got to see on film over these last three or four years. And that's a huge honor, right, to be uh, be voted on for something like that. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not a very big individual guy. Um, I, so I, I think it was cool and it was a huge honor. But um, that's not my goal for this year. You know, my goal is to have the best season we can. And that's the same mentality that we heard from Derek Carr after he broke every record. If he lost that game, he said it was cool to break the record, but he would have preferred winning the game. So Hunter Renfro, Pro Bowl, yeah, that's cool, but he prefers the team success, and that's what the Raider Nation wants, team success. And now Derek Carr is surrounded by great weapons, including Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Devontae Adams. We're 100 days away. Well, actually, 99 days, 23 hours and a half, and 23 hours and 30 minutes. But who's counting? Me. Raider Nation, stay tuned to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Q is coming up, and then Vinny Bonsignor at 4. Thank you so much. I'm Harry Ruiz. This was the JT The Brick Show.